podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Charlie Parsons for Boxing Social in association with HouseOfBoxing.com and Empire Fight Store. We link back up over Zoom. He's got the old call centre headset back <laughs> to provide, prevent the echo. How are you, I do this because, as you know, in my office, there's a huge echo. You can probably hear it now. Um, in fact, is this mic even working? I think so. I can hear you fine. Is the echo all right or is it, yeah? We're all good. We're all good. Yeah, so if I don't do it, the sound's going to be awful. Your sound is always awful because technically, and from an audio-visual standpoint, you, you actually have no idea what you're doing. So to have an echoey microphone would be even worse and you'd get even more stick than normal. So... Well, from an all visual point, from a visual point, they can't even see me anyway. It's just your face. That's a result. Two <laughs> bigger numbers, eh? What's, uh, what's, what's going on with the gym gear, mate? Um, well, as you know, Parsons, I train every day. Had a big, big session this morning over at Farm Fitness and um, got my men's health shoot next week. Excited? Which is a bit scary. Okay. I've got to get my gear off. Do you know what I mean? She's, you know, uh, yeah, no, it's been, I think uh, the best thing about it is I've trained really hard and I'm not going, oh, I can't wait till Wednesday and I can just have a pizza and fly to LA Tuesday night whenever I'm flying and just go out and just have loads of beers. And I actually want to train more. And I think that's a reflection of health and fitness in general. And people should understand that. You know, when people say, I just haven't got time. I just haven't got the energy. The more you train, the more energy you will have to train. So, yeah, I don't want to preach about it because it starts becoming boring. But at the end of the day, let's turn me into a machine. So what can we say? <laughs> Humble as always. Right, let's go into it. Next gen up in Newcastle. Um, excited. A lot of young talent going to be uh, showcased. Jimmy Sainz returns. Cameron Vong on there. Shabazz Massoud, obviously. That fight from Liverpool rescheduled. Excited? Yeah, I mean, I'll let young Francis do the presser today. A little bit of a cop-out. It was kind of an interview style with Jordan Banjo and Darren Barker. I see. I see these things. I still remain the only one with ability to host a press conference when you're talking about promoters worldwide. Good or bad, I don't know, you know, but so Frank done a good job. So Jordan and Darren, um, you know, these next gen cards give our fighters opportunities to prepare for the big stage. And there's some really good fights on the card. Shabazz Massoud fight with Sam Martin is a really good fight. And, you know, that fight obviously fell through on the day of the weigh-in for Liverpool. All of his, you know, I've got to say, fighters are selling a lot of tickets at the moment, like individually. Like Shabazz Massoud did, I don't know, 400 for Liverpool. Now, he pulls out on the way. They all cancel, right? which is obviously a bit of a kick in the nuts at the time. And they all go to Newcastle. Like, it's a long way yeah, from Stoke. So respect to, to Shabazz's fans. And it's a good fight, really good fight. There's a couple of really good fights on the card. Ishmael Davis, I'm looking forward to seeing. Undefeated fighter, the undefeated fighter uh, for the English title. Mark Dickinson. Um, against Grant Dennis. I don't know if you saw the press today, but basically everyone was just going at it. Left, right, and and doing I don't know I, each other for purses. It or... was like, I don't know whether Frank went up to him and said, listen, obviously I'm a little bit limited on the old press conferences. So can you, <laughs> can you two just go at it? Cause it was literally sat down. It's like, I'm going to smash your face in and I'll have a bet on it. Do you want to bet on it? Do you? And I'm thinking, blimey, what's going on here? <laughs> so, 
You've got Cameron Vong, your favourite, you know, who is... Look, he's one fight in. People are talking about him as being the next big star of British boxing, but they stay calm. But he's a fantastic talent. Sold huge amount of tickets for Saturday. Jimmy Sainz, obviously, he's got a few coming up from Essex as well. And it's a good little card. Um, you know, it's a next gen, so it's smaller than what we're used to. But coming back off Monaco... I mean, did you go to Monaco, Parsons? Because I, I, I would never have done it. I never have the blues coming. I never have the blues coming back from somewhere. But that night that we did after, oh god, I didn't go out. As you know, I don't go out and frequent these places. But when I left the hotel at five o'clock in the morning we to were get back to in. get back for my daughter's football match, which was cancelled, by the way, when I got back, right. <laughs> And as I got back, people were coming in. As, sorry, as I left to the airport, people were coming in. Who you were out with? Yeah, six five o'clock in the morning for me. It was brutal. Yeah, it was it? Yeah, I'm not a great a event. Fan, but I feel like when in Monte Carlo, you've sort of got. I'll leave off passing. Come on, mate. You know, when in Monte Carlo, what can you do? Shout out! But that no, was a brilliant event. Everyone loved it, including obviously more importantly, people of SBM and of Monaco as well. So looking forward to. Returning back, don't worry, Parsons. Be a long-term deal coming soon. You'll be locked in for Monte Carlo for the next few years. Thank God for that. I want that and Pepe Gomez in Cancun. As well. <laughs> back to back. <laughs> yeah, I know. We ain't beating that for a minute. Um, look, let's go into the, uh, the the stuff you said to me on Friday. Every time I speak to you, you ask me about it. But I have to ask you again. It's a new week. We know how things progress. You were at the Tottenham Stadium for one of the most nuts games of football oh, I've seen in, in recent history. I, I believe, I'm not sure Caller was with you, but what, I know you were with family, I think. But has there been any more development as of last week? Um, yeah, there has. I mean, from our side, I, I can't speak on behalf of Junior or Caller in terms of how far we are away from the deal from their side. Connor... We're good. We've got a couple of bits to iron out with him before he's 100% happy and ready. You're talking about the weekend from our side to, to move forward. And we hope that works in tandem with Wasserman and Chris Eubank Jr. So we all want to make the fight. And again, it does become a little bit boring. I don't want to go on and on. But, you know, you always come up to me and say, oh, I've heard that there's an <laughs> announcement today, tonight, this show. I might know. Could we get a deal done over the weekend or next week? Yes. Could it take two weeks? Yes. I don't, you know, all I can be, do is be honest. We're in a good place. Millennium Stadium, the 25th of, sorry, 27th of Jan or Spurs, February the 3rd. That, that's that's it. And um, I, I truly believe it will get done. Is there a date that you're leaning to at the minute that you think is more likely? No, I mean, look, obviously when you go in February, it's a little bit chilly which is fine for a fight like that. I think it adds a little bit of drama to the event, but it's always good to have a roof. Mm. Cardiff's quite a long way away. They're two guys, one's from Brighton, one's from London. So oh, I think Spurs is just the most magical stadium. I mean, obviously that unbelievable. So we shall see. Really at that point, in all honesty, it comes down to the broadcaster. They'll look at the schedule, look at other sporting events, look at Premier League fixtures and say, that's the week we want to go. Just on that, lastly, where are you at with the British Boxing Board of Control? We know that it's your 
sort of intent to just just make the fight, and then I suppose is it is it on them? I mean, I mean, what no, it's on saying? them. Look, we we always say, of course, the British Boxing Board of Control um, should be sanctioned that fight. We want them to sanction that fight. We've had a number of correspondence this week with them to move forward with that, and that's all I'll say. I don't see legally from a licensing or rules perspective how he shouldn't be granted permission to fight. Um, but obviously that's their decision. And hopefully we can all move forward and make a massive event for British boxing on the 27th of January, February the 3rd. Edward, before we move on to everything heavyweight gate and uh, God, there's so many potentials at the minute that are being... Are you on a different time zone? Am I on a different time zone? Yeah. Because no, where it, you are, it, like, it seems like it's about midnight or one o'clock in the morning. I mean, the actual time is 4.49. 449. I yeah, well it's so dark out so not that anyone can see, but we ain't got I just, just sat by a lamp in, in the lounge with me dog. How is the Cotswolds? You know what? It's nice. I I'm I'm enjoying this week. I'm milking it. I go for a little coffee in well, the you morning. You must be tired. I am. Imagine I being imagine having road. imagine being given a whole week off. It's not a whole yeah. week off. We're still working, we're just not moving. Hardly. You're doing a half an hour zoom with your hero. That's hardly, work. <laughs> That's hardly work, is it? <laughs> Carl Frosch. Uh, he said, I don't know why Eddie Hearn is talking about Jake Paul versus Wayne Rooney. Rooney's a football manager. I don't like the way some boxing promoters are going down the road route of crossover fights because a formal football player versus a YouTuber is a load of rubbish and I don't get it. I don't get why a proper promoter is talking up a match between Wayne Rooney and Jake Paul, but that does tell us something about the state of boxing at the minute. Would Wayne Rooney versus Jake Paul be the biggest fight that Eddie Hearn can make at the minute? Because I'm struggling to see what big fights he has in the works other than Ben Eubank. And the problem with that one is Ben's not licensed to fight in this country. It's all getting a bit silly to me because I grew up watching proper fighters fighting everybody. Wow. Oh, shut up, Carl. Listen, Carl's my friend, Carl's a legend, but the reason, as you know, what happens is I do an interview. So I go on a football podcast with Roy Keane, Gary Neville, Jamie Carragher, Ian Wright, and they say to me, like, Basically, we talk about are there footballers that can fight? Like, what would be a big fight? What's relevant to that conversation? And I say, Wayne Rooney, who I think had a couple of amateur fights, against Jake Paul. Next thing, that's all over the internet. Right? So I'm sorry, Carl, that that came out as me trying to make that fight. I mean, would I make the fight? I don't know, maybe. Am I trying to make the fight? Absolutely not. So I know it's some sound clips or bites for Frotch on fighting. But no, there is no intent to make Wayne Rooney or Jake Paul. Now, I think as a slight contradiction to what Carl says, he would jump all over a fight with Jake Paul himself. And he would take the money in a heartbeat for that fight. So, I don't know. But if you haven't listened to Frotch on fighting, download it now, like and subscribe. <laughs> Frank Warren um, comments on seconds out regarding yourself. Uh, the vagina monologues every day. Give it a rest. You do so many interviews to keep your ego in check. Does Eddie honestly think I have the time to stand in a queue of people wanting to chin him? 
You now class Queensbury as competition, whereas before we were out the game. I mean, they're definitely out the game in terms of being able to beat me, but they're definitely competition. I give him, you know, I think I give him that respect. He did say one thing, was that he said that Eddie Hearn is the best PR man Queensbury have ever had. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a bit disrespectful to Dev, who I actually think he's doing a great little job. But in all seriousness, he's probably right. And I should. He's probably got, like, obviously, I'm his biggest outlet. So if you look at my platforms and my numbers, I am the most exposure that Frank ever gets. So he's probably right. I should stop talking about it because I'm give, I'm giving him a platform, which is massive which is obviously my platform um so yeah maybe i should stop talking about it but he said that what was it i, w- I was going through my male menopause or something like that which actually quite interestingly i had a chat with someone the other day apparently that's an actual thing i thought that was very disrespectful to women because he said i was going cranky and obviously he obviously thinks that women are cranky is that not to, like uh, uh, no, apparently apparently when men get to that age, their testosterone drops and they lose their mojo a little bit. So that can't really be me because my mojo's gone through the absolute roof and I'm looking unbelievable and better than ever. So I think I've, maybe I've got like reversible male menopause, you know, like where you're supposed to go like that and I've just gone, what? Do you know what I mean? Oh, I don't even I don't know, know what the vagina monologues are. What was that mean? I don't know. Well, no, like, like the. I think he was calling you the vagina and then saying oh. that you monologue every day. It's not very nice. Yeah. No um, need, uh, need to get nasty. Away, from, away from the he said, she said. Uh, December 23rd it will be massive everything's going in the right direction for a historical night of boxing it's going to feature boxers from all over the world you will be surprised by the names now we do keep hearing about this Saudi 23rd date we know it's only really six weeks or so away Um, I suppose firstly have you heard anything when he speaks about this big night with lots of names I mean what what are you hearing on your side? Yeah I don't want to say too much because you know I know I talk too much. So as I said to you in Monaco, we have been approached regarding that date. That, that's all I'll say. I mean, it's six weeks. We've got a big international stadium, a state stay stable of fighters, um, some of which would be ready to fight on December 23. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. There was obviously discussion about Anthony Joshua fighting on December the 23rd. I mean, you wouldn't want to clash with that, right? So if he was to fight on the 23rd, do you think that would probably be the likely outcome? Uh, I think at this stage, if AJ fights on December 23rd, it would be international. I think that's all I'll say on it at the moment. Just away from whether it is on that date and sort of, or it could be in the new year, what sort of opponents are we looking at? We Same know- as before, a top 15 guy, you know, I think... You know, we're in a number of discussion. I don't get boring about the Wilder fight, but we know that's March or, or April. I think he's talking about, I think he gave an interview last night where he said he's fighting in January or something. Um, 
you know, people are saying, give us some names. I don't know. Hergovic, Wally, Caballero. I don't know. I mean, right now, we've not reached out officially to anyone for December 23. But if talks do speed up, we would obviously make a play for an opponent for that date. You spoke to Deontay Wilder's team, Shelley Finkel. I think he said he wants to fly to England to sit down. Yeah, could, you know, I'd be willing. To, I mean, he said to sit down with AJ, but he can do that or he can sit down with me. And we want to make that fight. You know, I said the other day, we had a fantastic offer, which we accepted. We've looked at the numbers for UK and America, which we're willing to do. But we've also had approaches internationally, which is a better a, a number. So obviously... We have to explore those and see if there's any credibility and weight behind them. And if not, no problem doing Vegas or Wembley. Vegas is bigger money. But again, the most important thing for AJ is to position himself for a world title shot. That's all that matters. And that's the priority. Not Garnu, not Wilder, not Fury, win a world heavyweight title. Obviously going through Deontay Wilder will put him in a fantastic position to do that. So that's still the plan. What's his current coaching situation? We know that there was a, a sort of came out that he was doing a little bit while still in the UK with Ben Davison. Uh, as f- sort of far as you're aware, what, what is that situation for Anthony Joshua? Yeah, I mean, Ben's been, you know, a small part of the team the last few fights and they get on very well. And whilst he was in the UK, and I think whilst he is in the UK, he would train with Ben and happy to do that. Derek James at the moment remains the the coach, happy with him, you know, couple of performances and building on that. So, yeah, no, no change in that respect. Ben has been working behind the scenes a little bit with AJ tactically on the last few fights and they get on very well. He's a fantastic coach and I think AJ feels comfortable whilst he's in the UK working with Ben. Alex Krasuk was obviously in Monaco last Saturday and he made some comments regarding Fury Usyk. Obviously, we saw in the build-up about the sort of December 23rd date that would be the fight and if not, he would get sued. Alex Krasuk said, Fury is like a random quote generator, but we would rather fight him in February when he is fit and healthy. What do you make of that? I think February yeah, now... Yeah, Fe- February is the date that Usyk wanted anyway. So I think it would have benefited Tyson Fury to go December 23 if he would have got through... And Garnu, you know, um, healthily and ready to go. So I think that'll help Usyk because I think he'll be ready for February and hopefully Fury will as well. You know, I expect that fight um, to land on, I can't even remember the Saturdays in February, the 10th, 17th or the 24th, something like that. I think that's the dates they're working towards. So hopefully that fight can get announced and it's a great fight for boxing. Francis Ngannou obviously came out and his team said that they would like the AJ fight. He's also come out and said he's waiting for the Fury rematch. Now, we know the two-way rematch clause potentially with Fury. You sick. Have you had any further discussions uh, with regards to that fight? No, I spoke to them briefly just by message and then reached out and said, if you want to discuss the AJ fight, let me know ASAP because we're obviously making plans. Uh, no response from Team Ngannou. We'll see if they're interested in that fight. I've not even discussed it with AJ. It would be something that I would look at the legs on and see if it had any, firstly, and then take it to him. My advice would be to take that fight. So I think it's a massive fight. For, and I think he wins comfortably. But like I said, the focus is the World Heavyweight Championship. But I think Garner actually wants the fight. I think it's a fa- fairly straightforward one to make. But at the moment, no response. We saw the uh, Louis Farouk documentary. 
Uh, what did you make of that? I know that that's something that had been in the mix for quite a while. Quite quite refreshing to see, actually, uh, sort of something like that. Yeah, good. Listen, I mean, you've spent time around AJ. If you ever find anyone that says a bad word about AJ, I'd be ab- who, who's met him and knows him, I'd be absolutely shocked. In fact, they don't exist, honestly. Like, if you imagine all the people that would speak badly about you, that have met you and me, but particularly <laughs> you, right? Why me? Show me, show me someone in the limelight or successful or whatever where you couldn't find one person to really say a bad word about who who's met him and knows him. Like you can't not like this guy. He's he's has a clean heart, pure soul. And, you know, I know everyone takes a mic out of me for being a fanboy, but that's what I truly believe. And, you know, I feel like he's right. You know, everything you say is dissected. Everything you do is analysed. And he didn't get into the sport for that to happen. You know, it just came with success and it came with the pedestal that he ended up sitting highly and proudly on. And I think now... He's just got to a point where this is about him. You know, he's going to do this for himself. He wants to become world heavyweight champion. Let him go and do his thing. And I'm not saying to people don't have opinions, but let the guy just have this final phase of his career to be the greatest phase, you know, and uh, we're behind him every step of the way. Johnny Nelson said that he believes that Fury's sort of time at the top may be sort of deteriorating slightly and that his legs have gone. What do you make of that? I don't know. I mean, it's very easy after the Nganu performance to start jumping on it. I did a little bit as well, but you never really know, do you, what's going on? Bad night at the office, bad camp, bad diet. You know, I heard he switched up his diet for the camp and who knows? He, He didn't look himself. But, you know, I guess there's also pressure on the fight, pressure that everyone expects him to win easy and he's got this 100 million fight, whatever it is, hanging over him. And then you get dropped and it's like, shit, like, I better not lose this fight. So, I don't know. And then, you know, you look at the journey, you look at the weight, you look at the prep, does that catch up with you? Oh, like, I don't know. But certainly it made a lot of heavyweights believe they could beat him, and especially us. So we'll see. I, I, before that night with Ngannou, I made him a favourite in the Usyk fight. I'm not so sure now. But you can bet your life he'll be better against Usyk than he was that night. Tiafimo Lopez came out. I'm sure you would have seen his tweet. Uh, at Eddie Hearn, like I said, zone has no more than five years. It's going to happen whether you Sterling Silver Spoon feed, fed, I would assume you mean schmuck, likes it or not. Hashtag analytics don't lie. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why he replied to me. I wasn't even on the tweet. I didn't even say anything. No. I mean, I just did a big piece with Coogan earlier today where I talked about commercial value of a fire. I mean, you're talking about a guy that boxed once in 2020. I think once in 2021, definitely, twice in 2022, and once in 2023. He's a young man. And all because he has an unrealistic expectation of his commercial value. It's black and white. 
top rank, you know, I, I don't always feel sorry for Bob, but I know the frustration these face. Imagine going into a meeting with a fighter that might have a value of, I don't know, just putting it out there, two million dollars in a fight for a defense. And this kid thinks he should get eight to ten. But the numbers are black and white. We know what ESPN will pay because they will run the analytics, like you say. They will run your past performances, your ratings, your numbers, maybe your digital imprints, maybe your social numbers, whatever. We know the gate. You, you crept over the line to sell out the theatre against Cambosis, 4,000. That was my show. Now, if you want to say, well, that's because you promoted it and it was on the zone. When you boxed Josh Taylor in the same arena, you couldn't sell it out. So we know how many tickets you're going to sell. You look at the revenue in the pot, we can make you an offer. On what planet do you live on where you think that offer should be three or four or five times bigger than what it is? From where? Where do you think this money comes from? Like, that's the frustrating thing about these conversations. Do yourself a favor, get out and fight, make you a couple of million bucks, build momentum, and work towards a mega fight, sitting on the sidelines, moaning and saying that Bob Aram should be paying you eight or 10 million for a fight that doesn't rate or sell tickets is not the answer. So I don't know where, where I've come from. By the way, the zone will be over in five years. What was that a good thing for you? That's actually a really bad thing for you, Tia because if you if there's one person bidding, your number's going to keep going like this. I don't know. Weird. Weird. I, I, and I think Tiafimo is great. I think he's a great father. He's a great character. But, yeah, strange, strange comment. I don't, I don't, I don't really know. Just, just another one having a pop on Twitter or X or whatever it's called. Have you sent an offer yet to top rank to stage Jack Catcher or Josh Taylor? The rematch? Not yet, no. We're, we're in conversations with The Zone about our 2024 schedule. And again, same thing. As, as that situation, we will receive an offer, a number from the zone. We'll negotiate it. We'll push it as hard as possible on behalf of the fighter. We'll put a budget together for a sellout and a hydro or wherever it will be. And that's the, that's the money. If you come back and say, that's the wrong money, you're wrong. Now, you can come back and say, I don't think I should fight that fight for that money. You're well within your rights to do it. But what you can't say is the money's wrong because it's not. So hopefully that number can be the right number for both fighters and we can get it made. Edward, you're off to Los Angeles next week for Diego Pacheco. Uh, just a word on him, a very, very exciting prospect, probably one of the best you've got, right? In your yeah, play. I mean, a very, very early 20s. We've had him since he was 16 years of age. I think this kid is going to be the future 168 pounds i'm talking the next two to five years you know a huge guy is, is that mrs parsons just popped it's in? not mrs parsons it's someone oh. can pass the gate of the gas all oh, right okay um and i think he has the ability to move up to 175 really good fight against caceres um it's a good card actually mailing rebass against erica cruz brilliant fight for the world title uh, Mark Castro, Calia fight in a really important fight for his career as well. So, yeah, going to be a great night in Los Angeles next week. And then on to the big one in Dublin. Chantel Cameron against Katie Taylor. Can't believe it's come around. Massive card out there. And then a huge night in Belfast. 
the week after. Two huge crowds in Ireland. No longer clashing, by the way, in Belfast. What do you mean? Shiraz Williams now off December the 7th. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Was it your call, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think they're going yeah. to... So, um, yeah, then finish off with two back-to-back big fights in America. Haney Progre, which is, I think, approaching 12,000 now. Going to get like 15,000. I can't believe it. You know, I'd like to say it was just pure genius, but we did roll the dice in San Francisco. And then on to Sonny v. Bam on the uh, 16th. And then, you know, maybe we'll have a... Cheeky sprinkle. A fighter or two on 23rd. We'll see what happens around the world. Christmas Day in the Middle East. Boxing is something that is... I feel like just it just goes even longer now, like as, as close as you can. Well, there's no... There's, you know, it used to be once you get into December, you're done. Nothing in January. Nothing in August. And, you know, don't work like that anymore. Well, obviously... That is it from me. I'm going to uh, squeeze a little bit out for the old TikTok, as I always do. It's at the end. If they want to hate it, then they can hate it. And the comments will be like, you know what? What do you I have to do now? Better. Nothing, really. Just thought we'd do a do a little recap because I was, I can't, I'm still trying to process, right? I'm, I'm, I'm going to take you through Saturday night, yeah? So I've finished up at the boxing, done my thing, done my interviews, gone back, cheeky little dabble, played a bit of blackjack, lost a bit of money. We've then stepped into the club, right? Monte Carlo coming in 20 years old, got me tucks on, got the suit on, bow tie, looking suave, going hello, everyone. Got Joey Essex there. Like, I used to watch, yeah, when my mum had the only way is Essex on. Full circle moment, and I don't fanboy, right? But then clubbing with Joey Essex and, like, I don't know, mad old shenanigan, this simulation. Mad old shenanigan, this simulation. I mean... Firstly, it's not even worth getting in. I mean, look, I, I take my hat to Parsons. Obviously, look, I'm 44 years old. You're 20. You are 24 years younger than me. So I've been through those moments, been around it for a long time. And I can honestly say that my favourite thing to do after a show is go back to the room, have a bottle of water and watch the highlights on social. And I was literally, so I had a flight at, I had to leave the hotel at 5.30 in the morning. And I got back and I was just like watching the Noshinga knockout. I was watching the uh, Cordina highlights. And I think I got back to my room about, I don't know, one o'clock in the morning. And then it got to like 2 a.m. and I thought, oh my God, I've got to, I've got to leave in three hours. When it got to 4 a.m., I couldn't sleep because I'm just buzzing from the show. It always happens. I'm thinking, I've got an hour till I've got to get up. Just stay up. Then I fell asleep and I had 40 minutes sleep. But during that period, I was looking at your social and looking at all the team who are in the club and, you know, whatever. And I was just thinking, how funny, how funny. You know, Charlie Parsons, look at him, living life in Monte Carlo. So good (laughs) luck to you, boy. Enjoy it. My days are numbered. Mine are just beginning. We're going to crack. They are. What a journey ahead. Crack the old UAV open. Sorry? Crack the old UAV open. UAV? Yeah, crack the UAV and scare out. What's the UAV? The UAV is, uh, God, how would I describe that? 
Don't you know what? Yeah, don't worry. Edward, yeah. always a pleasure. Yeah, well, we'll be there in Newcastle. We'll be cracking the UAV open, to be honest with you. So, <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.